Blog Talk Radio. does a mother sit her child into a microwave and turn this thing on and sit there and watch that? Wow. You know, I don't I don't think anyone can even answer that question. You know, I mean, and, and when you look at, like, uh, just a couple weeks ago, there was a young child who was being kept, I think, by a neighbor. And little, I think it was like a two-year-old or 17-month-old and a 12-year-old boy was keeping him. And the boy got upset because of something the child did. And he bludgeoned him to death with a baseball bat. I mean, how do you do something like that? What, what causes you to have that much rage that you take a bat and beat a baby to death? You know, again, Greg, you know, in the, in the show... You know, we're, we're talking about what is really wrong in our society. Uh, I don't know. I mean, know. People, people from all across the, you know, the world have different reasons for why they do different things. You know, but when you look at the United States, when you look at America as a society, you expect us to be the melting pot where all these different cultures and races and religions and ideologies come together and mesh and meld and become one. But what have we really become as Americans? What does America stand for now? Because the rest of the world seems to view us as the enemy, so to speak. You know, my personal belief is that America has everything you want to succeed. Yes. You see, so many people are risking their lives to come to this country on a daily basis. We see them on the boats. We see them trying to cross over on the border. But yet and still, we're having problems. Just like any other country, we have problems. But in this country, you have the opportunity to do whatever you want. Now, I'm not saying that opportunity is going to be free. And what I mean by free is it may not be, you may have some resistance in what you're trying to do and when you're trying to do it. And I'm sure that's the case in, with, with any and everybody that's trying to reach their dreams and their goals. But Brian, you know, it's like everywhere you turn, and I'm not going to blame this, I'm going to say this, but I'm not going to blame 100% on this, but everywhere you turn, almost in every office that people are working in, I guarantee you, most of the people in their office, the majority of them, are taking some type of medication. Mm. And Brian, you and I coach Pee Wee football. You know, well as I do, we could tell when a child was on some type of medication when we were in practice. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you could see the their reaction and their reflexes were were really slow and and. Whenever you know, we saw that, we, we pulled them out parent, immediately. Yeah. You know, we'd ask the parent, hey, you know, uh, something is not right. 
you know, and they would say, well, you know, he's they changed his medication or something to that effect. But you could tell the difference. Yes, you can. You know, I mean, I myself, I take medication. And every now and then, against my doctor's orders, of course, don't do this. <laughs> but every now and then, I will take myself off of the medication. Because what I found is that I have to detoxify my body, even of the medication, because over time it just makes me to where I'm just nauseous and just I don't feel well. And so I'll take myself completely off the medication for maybe like a week just to detoxify my body, and then I'll slowly put myself back on it, you know, because and I, and I can tell when I'm, you know, my body usually tells me, okay, it's time to do that again because, you know, my body is telling me this. You know, and and certain people when they take those medications, they they get irritable, they get, you know, they have those symptoms. You know, and and the thing is it seems like for the symptoms you have to take med- something for that. You know, you take medication for the medication. Right. You know, but you know, Greg, I was reading, and uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the book I was reading, but there was a book that was written, and by the way, it's a very good book. A coworker of mine gave it to me to read, and it talked about the turning point of America. It says, when America became united, so to speak, and uh, it was talking about just after the... the um, Civil War. War, and it was oh, right War. after Lincoln had been assassinated, and everybody thought that, you know, everything was just going to go you-know-where in a handbasket. And, uh, you know, and they talked about the turning that turning point where instead of being, a you know, going back and being a divided, you know, state where you had the North and the South, they actually became united and embraced one another. And I think that's where we've sort of become in this society, where we've become so divided over certain issues. You have the people who are staunch abortionists versus the people who want the right to de- decide on whether they want to have an abortion or not. You have those that are that are angry with church, you know, and saying that there should be a separation of church and state. And you have the others on the other side that saying that the Constitution never called for a separation of church and state. It said it just couldn't have one ruling state, I mean one ruling religion over a country. You know, so you have those different sides. You have, you know, I mean there's all kinds of, you know, division going on in this country. And I think that what we need to get back to, we need to come back to a point where we where we come together. You know, and I know that's easier said than done because some people are so far on the left and others are so far on the right that, you know, that the only thing that's going to make them come together is if they accidentally fall into each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I do. You know, yes, and, know. It's, and when you look at our society, you know, you can almost pinpoint the results of our previous actions. You know, you can almost pinpoint them. Well, I was reading today, too. The other day I was reading where a man uh, saw a baby, what looked to be a baby doll on the side of the road. Yes. Turned out to be a baby. Someone had thrown the baby out of the vehicle on the side of the road. And when the gentleman pulled up and saw that it was human, he lost it. He called 911, and hear him talk on the tape it was just, oh, my goodness. I, I I don't understand what's going on. Again, I'm not blaming everything on medication, but I really do believe that we have, come, we have become a society that we're so drugged up at all times. And everywhere you turn... There's something that's just not right that's going on. 
people are starting to flip out. And I understand a lot of people are having financial problems right now, especially with the homes and the foreclosures and that type of thing. And a lot of people say that they can't find jobs. And then you have a lot of people that are going through what seemed to be the highest rate ever in divorces. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always something going on. But, Brian, I really do believe that we have to change the way that we see things when they come to us. None of us will escape life. Life is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But life is going to expect something from you. If you don't give in to it, you'll be okay. Because it's not going to last forever. It's a hard thing. And someone out there that's going through something right now may be saying, well, you know, that's said than done. You know, you don't understand. You're not the one facing foreclosure. You're not the one placing your mother or father in the ground right now. Mm-hmm. But it will get better. No matter how no matter how far you fall, always get back up. Always get back up. You so know, Brian, Greg, I'm reading something here, and for me, this is, you know, very disturbing for me. You know, because when, when I saw it, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm reading where it says, ex-juvenile camp guard cleared in teen's death wants job back. And it's uh, a story out of Pensacola where, is a former juvenile boot camp guard exonerating in the beating death of a Panama City teenager is suing the Bay County Sheriff's Office for wrongful termination. Wow. And I'm thinking, he wants to go back on the job after being a part of a brutal killing. And again, this is just in my opinion, after a brutal killing of a child, where they have it on videotape, where this child was hit and suffocated and just laid, you know, allowed to just lay there and literally die. And now he believes that he should have his job back. It's sad, but more than likely he's going to walk away with some money probably yes i mean and when you when you think about that okay they said that that the boy died of a previously undiagnosed blood disorder but there is no i mean when you look at that tape there is clear evidence that they beat that boy and they need him in his back and then they drug his limp body, you know, just dragged him over the ground because he couldn't run anymore. Now, they could say what they want to, but if he's not being beat on and stomped on and slammed to the ground, he's not dead. Yeah. Him just being tired from running is one thing. Give him attention if you realize he's tired from running. But to beat on him and to, you know, basically kill him, you know, for lack of a of a of a nicer word, to to kill him legally, kill him according to the the law that was just passed, you know, well the the judgment rather, to legally kill him. And then ask for your job back. Well, yeah, think about, legal. Yeah, think about, yeah, <laughs> he didn't think break about, any laws according to the judge and the, and the jury. Well, think about this. If this same kid, I think it was fourteen, uh-huh. if he would have gone to school with a bruise on him, and someone at the school saw this and called the police, I guarantee you. Someone in that house would be going to jail before noon or before mm-hmm. lunch. Someone will be picked up at their home and going to jail 
they will be charged. That child will be removed from that home. Mm-hmm. Now, if that happened in a home where the kid is loved, and now he was in a place where he wasn't loved and beaten on the tape, what's the difference? How can you separate the law if the law is what it is how can you separate and say, well, the law changes once he changed custody into the system? How is that? How can you lock up a parent for spanking their child, but you do the opposite, you do the beating, and no one sees anything wrong with that, or, or a jury says not guilty? Greg, I think it's time we go to a commercial. Okay, go ahead. All right, we'll be right back. If someone you love has a problem with drugs and alcohol... He's not expecting this. Yeah, but it's the right thing. There is something you can do. I think I'll be okay with this. Shh, here he comes. Congratulations! You can celebrate his recovery every chance you get. For drug and alcohol treatment referral for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Hey, Justin, Sarah. Hi, Ricky. Hi. Hey, listen, I just heard about some kids who might try to get some beer. So, why are you telling us? Yeah. Well, because I thought maybe we could go and, you know, drink. Why? Um, because, I guess because it's cool. Cool? Why is it cool? Well, you know, we can go and get wasted. And why would we want to get wasted? Well, remember that time when we heard some older kids talking about doing it? So, why should we do it? Well, I guess, I guess I don't know. Sooner or later, someone may ask you if you want to drink. If that ever happens to you, maybe there's something you should ask them. Like, why? Because the fact is, most kids don't drink. Even older kids. So think about it. There's no good reason to drink. Want to know more? Check out thecoolspot.org. What's up? We're boys and men. How do we educate our kids so they have a fighting chance in today's world? We don't have to tell you that children face pretty tough challenges these days. We adults need to go the extra mile to make sure our kids find something in school that really sparks their interest, like music. Teenagers who study music and arts tend to find tough science and math concepts easier to grasp. It has to do with development of something called spatial IQ. And music and creativity go together, too. We know from our own lives that teachers who appreciate creative thinking embrace our love of music. So, help prepare your children for life. Encourage them to learn to love music. A PSA brought to you by MENC, the National Association for Music Education, Gibson Guitar, Baldwin Piano, and this station. March is Music in Our Schools Month. Music, part of a sound education. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Tonight's topic is... What's wrong with our society? If you have a question or comment, please feel free to call in at 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Brian, right before we went to break, we were talking about laws being different in, or people see the law in different ways, different situations, but the law is not supposed to change, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think the last I heard, I didn't think it's supposed to change, but I guess some of us, we see things a different way. Or or are we taking sides because of a certain class? Well, you know, I think it's it's all about the interpretation of the law. See, you made it, you, you may interpret it a different way than someone else may interpret it. See, some people think that six miles over the speed limit is not speeding, <laughs> you know. I mean, or four miles over the speed limit is not speeding. 
they don't consider that speeding, but by the rule of law, it is speeding. But if you're going four miles over the speed limit, a policeman could pass right by you, and he probably won't pull you over. You know, and then if you could be going two miles over the speed limit, and they decide, yeah, I'm going to pull you over. You know, so I think it's really how it's interpreted. You know, but getting back to that to that issue where, you know, there's there's a double standard. There's definitely a double standard, and we see it all the time. You know, and you know, even in the article that I was reading about uh, with the Martin Lee Anderson case, you know, they basically the way it was the way the article was written, it was telling you that this was a double standard because they said that he was a quit that the the seven folks that were involved were all acquitted by an all white jury. Now, in that town, they couldn't find a single minority who could sit on that jury out of all the people that lived there? Do you mean to tell me that was a a microcosm of their society, that it was all white or an all non-minority? I mean, clearly you could see that there was some, you know, like like my uncle used some, it was some funny bunny going on. That's what my <laughs> uncle used to say, some funny bunny going on. And, you know, it's just, it's sad that in this day and age you still have those things occur. I mean, I go back to the Jenna 6 situation where, you know, you have folks hanging nooses on trees and, Nobody gets in trouble, and then you have kids that are fighting and continue to fight, and then you have some kids that pull, you know, guns, and nothing happens to the kid that pulls the gun, but the kids that take the gun away from him to stop him from hurting someone get charged with theft of a firearm. Go, come on, you know? Yes. What's wrong with our society? You know, and I mean... I have some personal things that I think are wrong with the society. I won't share them with everyone, you know, but I can truly tell you that one of the things that that I think wholeheartedly is wrong with our society is that we have not learned how to love. It's funny that you say that. 911 year 2001. Was it 2001? 9-11, uh-huh. was it 2001? Mm-hmm. This country came together like never before. Right. I'm not talking about this state was nice. This, no, no. You saw people picnicking together that never did that before. You saw children, well, children always play together, but you saw children going home with people that they probably never would have gone home to. You saw neighbors finally talking that probably lived next to each other for 10 or 15 years that never really talked. Right. Now they're having picnics together. They're going to church together. They're going to school together. They, they're, they're mingling. They're starting to come closer. But as 911 went away, 911 went away, people started to change back to that comfortable lifestyle of where they were. Right, right. It's almost as if we became strangers all over again with one another. Mm-hmm. And this is America where everyone can do what you want. As long as you're not hurting anybody, you're not breaking the law, that type of thing. Go to school, you can go to church, you can do whatever you want without any resistance. Mm-hmm. But we can't get along. I think if I think if we stop looking at each other as a race, and we stop placing these names, or you're in the majority, you're in the minority, where did that come from? Who cares? Who cares? You know, and not to cut you off, Greg, but you know, I don't usually hear children talk like that until they've heard adults talk like that. Like when my children were younger. They would never, you know, talk like that. And now when I I hear them talk, I'm like, where'd you get that from? You know, and they're, oh, well, my friend at school, 
was saying this or my friend said that or, you know, I heard such and such and whoever, and they were talking about it. And so kids pick up this stuff from, you know, adults and other, you know, and older kids and, and you know, and their peers and, their, you know, and the people that they're around. And they just pick up on stuff and you hear them, you know, uh, you hear them talk about it and you know you you get to the point where you just you just get sick like i can recall that there was an incident uh my my daughter was at a school my youngest daughter she was at a private school and you know ironically she um how many there was about six five or six little black girls in the show and uh I'm in the show. I'm sorry. I'm reading uh email. <laughs> there were there were about six little girls, black girls in her class and one little white girl. And my daughter was talking about an incident that had happened to my older child at school where one of her friends who you know, my oldest daughter, she just loves her friends. Where one of her little friends who's who happened to be a white girl told her, "I can't be your friend anymore." Because you're black, and my mom says that black people are stupid and not to associate with them. And so my daughter was crushed, and she came home literally telling me about it in tears. And so, you know, what I offered to her, I said, well, people that think like that, we don't have to deal with them, and you don't have to like them as a friend. You can still love them as a person, but don't. You don't have to be friends with them. And so my youngest daughter went to school, and she said, there's some white people that my daddy says that we don't have to like because they don't like us. <laughs> you see how that got twisted? Yes. You know, and this was out of the mouth of a child. Well, the little white girl heard it and told her teacher that my daughter said she doesn't like white people. <laughs> and the next thing you know, my daughter's being taken to the office, and they're calling me on the phone. And I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? You know, and it got, a, you know, and it was blown all out of proportion. And, you know, they were thinking about uh, suspending her. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You know, and I'm telling them, I said, this is a six-year-old who just basically overheard a conversation and commented on it. In her six-year-old mind, yes, you know, and so they, they, you know, so after a while they kind of let it die down, you know. But it was just the fact that you took this and you ran with it without really asking the questions. Because my daughter said, "I tried to tell them what I was talking about, but they wouldn't listen." And I think that's the one thing that we don't do it as a society enough. We don't listen to each other we hear one little word somebody says the n-word and they're not black and oh lord you know yes or somebody says the g word and they're not you know that they they don't deal in alternative lifestyles and they call somebody you know the f word and you know that and oh boy you're in trouble now yes you said I'm, that word. You can't use that word. Yes, another if you're thing not that too. Type. Yes, another thing too that we've learned. You and I both have learned that when we go into the jails and the prisons and the detention centers, we talk with the kids. A lot of it comes from family hurt. Yeah. A lot of it comes from the child being molested and having to keep that in their in their life and their in just eating away at them, but they can't say anything. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if they are in a prison already before they're sent to jail or the detention center, or and they won't let anyone get close to them. A lot of times these kids are just looking for love. A lot of them are hurting. They don't trust anybody. And they have to keep their mouth shut and deal with it. Now, how in the world can you ask a four-year-old 
who's been molested and touched or whatever, or a five- or six-year-old, this is happening to them on a daily basis, how in the world can their little minds process what's going on? And we just did a show just the other day, just Wednesday. Mm-hmm. 41-year-old lady now, she's still dealing with something that happened to her from the age of four to, what, 19? Four to 17. Four to 17. She's not married, doesn't want any children. Can you see the pattern of what has happened, the results of what has happened to her? It's there. And, Brian, you know a lot of the kids that we go and see, a lot of them are just angry. They're so angry. Yes. They want to know. I can recall a couple months ago when we were talking to kids, and we were talking about parents and how how important it was for them to have, you know, their parents, especially their father, around. And, you know, one of the kids said, well, my father died before I was born. I ain't never have a father. So what am I going to do? You know? I remember that, yeah. When he asked that question, it kind of struck me because you know how you you, sometimes you're never really ready for a question from a child, especially one that's so deep and penetrating. And it threw me off. I was like, wow, how do I respond? After commercial break, I'm going to tell you how I responded and how Greg responded. We'll be right back. Daddy, we need to have that talk. What? I'm not a kid anymore. I need to know things. Like? Like why so many black men have diabetes, high blood pressure, and cancer. I'm worried, Daddy. I know. Folks like me are at high risk, but eating nine servings of fruits and vegetables a day can reduce that risk. And those are the facts of life, baby girl. (laughs) Oh, so eating your nine a day is a good thing to do, huh, Daddy? Right. Sort of like you letting me date Maurice? Wrong. A message from the Department of Health and Human Services. If you had to decide who deserves to go to college, who would it be? A single mom coming back to class with dreams of being a nurse? Or a high school grad intent on a biotechnology career? A police officer learning more about homeland security? Or an out-of-work technician who needs new skills to get a job? Every American deserves a chance for a better future. And community colleges are that gateway for millions of Americans. Our communities and local businesses depend on the students we educate. Today, enrollment at community colleges is growing dramatically, but funding to serve these students is not keeping pace. We need your support to keep the door of opportunity open for all. Important futures are riding on community colleges, including our nations. Community colleges, the face of America, the future of America. This message is from the American Association of Community Colleges. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh! Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. Yes, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and tonight's topic is what's wrong with our society. You know, Greg, I was talking before the break about when we were talking with the youth at the detention center, and, you know, we posted a question to the kids, and we talked about how important it was to have a father figure. That's what we were talking about, how important it was to have a father in your life and that you're at a disadvantage if you've never had a fatherly influence in your life or a father. And one of the kids said, well, what am I going to do? Because I don't have a father. And so we said, well, everybody has a father. You just have to know who he is. And he said, well, my father died before I was born. So 
I never had a father. What do I what do I do? And you know, I got to the point where I didn't know what to exactly tell him, and I said, "Well, you have a father in me." And Greg, do you remember that? Yes, I do. You know, and I told him, I said, you can always look to a positive role model, a positive male, someone out there that has, is doing the right thing. Pick up the good stuff from what they're doing and from who they are, and don't pick up the negative stuff. Because so often our children tend to pick up all the negative stuff, and they never pick up the positive stuff until they, you know, had gotten all the negative stuff, I guess. <laughs> I think, you know? yes, I remember that night, um, just like it was last night. Mm-hmm. I remember answering his question after you answered it. Uh-huh. And my answer to him was, every time someone is taken out of your life, our Father will replace us someone that will give you what you need and say the things to you that you need. There's never been a time when that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. When his father was taken from him, another gentleman was replaced, replaced him. Because you remember when we asked him, we said that to him. Mm-hmm. And when I said that to him, he didn't he didn't catch on right away. But we started asking him questions about being coming in his life and saying certain things, and he knew automatically at that point, you know what, somebody else has come in and said some things to me, even though they don't live in my house. They've said some profound things to me that's really changing my life. But they're saying some things to me that motivate me and inspire me to go on and do great things. Yes. But he didn't, he didn't understand it at the time. He didn't understand the man's role uh, popping up every so often to say certain things. Those steps were ordered. We know that. But as a child, how can they process something like that? You know what, Brian? A lot of things that are happening to us, a lot of things that we see people doing, a lot of it has to do with what we believe. Do you believe oh, yeah. that where you yeah, do you believe where you are right now is your life is on hold? Do you believe that your life is always going to be this way? Do you believe that every time you turn around something bad is happening is your life? No, you can change all of that. You can change all that by looking deep into yourself and figuring out, okay, what is it that, that I believe? What do I believe? Who am I following? How big is my problem? Is my problem so big that no one can fix it? I mean, no one can fix my problem. So I'll just lay here and die, Brian. My problem is just too big for me. I can't make it through it. But somebody I disagree. Made it through. <laughs> yes. I disagree. You know, and when I say well, I disagree. I mean, I disagree, and you're saying your problem is too right, big right. for you to handle. You know, and I think that's really what society is beginning to teach us. You know, our show's topic is what's wrong with our society. And I think what's wrong, you know, is that we're not paying enough attention. You know, there's no love, for one, and then we're just not paying enough attention. And people want attention. You know, like these guys out here who are pedophiles and they're touching these little kids and they're Going on Dateline and getting caught, they're time, looking time, for attention. Time and time, yes. time and time again. You know, I mean, some of the guys that are on there have been caught three, four, five times. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. You know? Are you that, just that dumb, or are you just, are you just in that much need of attention? I think a lot of it is, too, Brian, a lot of people are sick. A lot of people yeah. are sick. There's a sickness that's going around. And, Brian, so many people are angry. And we've heard people that were molested and raped. We heard them say, it happened to me. I'm going to do it to somebody else. 
They hurt me, I'm going to hurt someone else. And I guarantee you, if you ask those people that are committing these crimes, I guarantee you they will say, yes, it happened to me. Not all of them, but I guarantee you more more than than not. <laughs> the yeah. more so than not, I guarantee you. But I said before, Brian, you've heard me say this, I said all the time. Anger starts when knowledge stops. Mm-hmm. Why are you so angry? If you walk around campuses, Brian, here in town, you'll see kids walking around and they have this angry look on their face. They don't have a job. They don't have any cares or whatsoever to worry about. They don't have any worries. All they have to do is get up and go to class that we know of. But we know everybody's going through something or just coming out of something. We know that. Mm-hmm. But what is it? that's hurting us, causing us so much pain that we can place a baby inside of a microwave and turn it on. Hmm. Or we can hit a child in the head with a blunt object and throw the child out on the side of the road and we keep going as if it's just trash. Or we can beat our wives and, and cut their throats and do all these different things and cut her up and put her in the back of a trunk and ride around with her. What is it that's going on? What's wrong with our society? Question, what's wrong with our society? You know, Greg, I want to ask this question. Do you think, now, and this is just me, so, you know, bear with me. Do you think that if we had a female president, that the United States would have more compassion? Hard to say. <laughs> it really is. It's really hard to say. I I really don't know, but I know that a lot of women have compassion. And I also know a lot of women don't have any. Mm. thing is going both ways. Now, I'll say this. It'll be very tough on a female because she's going to have to make decisions. She may have to make a decision where people are injured or killed. Children injured or killed. And I don't know any woman that can sit there and make that decision without it touching them to the point where they don't want to get up in the morning. So it's going to be tough. Hopefully she won't have to do that if Hillary wins. Hopefully she won't have to do that. Or whoever, uh, the next woman that runs for president or whatever may win, I don't know, but it's going to be a tough call. It's a tough call for a man. Mm, Yeah. It's a really tough call to make a decision like that. You're going to have to make those decisions. But I guess my question would be to that woman or the next president, what are you going to do about Drugs being handed out like candy, people. They Ooh, depend on these drugs. They've been taking these drugs since they were three, four, five, six years old. Now they're adults, and they can't really cope without that medicine. Mm-hmm. When will it all, when will that stop? When will they cut back on that? It seems like you can get Medication, easily, but you can't get health care. How is that possible? How is that possible? Short answer, pharmaceutical companies. (laughs) Now, if you want a long answer, listen to Monday's show. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, we'll but talk Brian, a little you know, bit about that. I, I really want to talk about the children that are on medication. Mm-hmm. So many different things that are out there that the kids are on this medication, and they become dependent on that medication. You know, we see all the time where kids are acting out, they're doing certain things, and the parent says, oh, 
we can't afford the medication any longer. It's too expensive. But can you affect, can you afford the generic? Well, the generic is expensive. It's over hundred dollars a bottle for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that's your child. We know that you're going to take care of your child. You may have to cut some other things off to get this medicine, but we know that you're going to get it. We know you're capable of getting it. And now you have a child that's been taking the medication since the age of six or seven. Now they're grown, but they're stuck and they're hooked on this medication. What's wrong with our society? We see the kids are hurting all the time. But health care and everything else is being cut. What do you do? What do you do? We'll be right back with the Abundant Solutions Hour. Treat me with understanding. Treat me with respect. Drug and alcohol addiction is an equal opportunity disease. Treat me without judgment. Individuals in recovery come from all walks of life and deserve to be treated with respect for winning one of the hardest battles there is. Treat me with courtesy. Treat me with humanity. Alcohol and drug addiction deserves proper treatment. For drug and alcohol information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. I lost my job. I lost my home. What is the cost of drug and alcohol addiction? I lost my health. I lost my self-respect. I lost my freedom. If you have a drug or alcohol problem, remember treatment is effective and recovery is possible. For information on drug and alcohol treatment referral for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP and see what you could save. With recovery, I got my life back. The Daily Tribune Classified section, may I help you? Yeah, I'd like to place an ad for an apartment I'll be renting out. Okay. How should the ad read? Uh, Sunny one bedroom, 850 square feet, modern kitchen, hardwood floors, $1,000 a month rent. Available immediately, unless you're African American, Hispanic, Asian, Middle Eastern, Indian, or a member of any other minority group. Okay. Uh, Apartment is also unavailable if you are female, have children, a disability, or believe in a non-traditional religion. Anything else, sir? No, yeah. Can we add that pets are okay? Certainly. Unfortunately, housing discrimination isn't always this obvious. If you think you've been a victim because of your race, color, national origin, sex, religion, disability, or family status, call 800-669-9777 or visit HUD.gov. Fair housing. It's not an option. It's the law. Brought to you by HUD and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rev. Dr. Jeremiah A. Wright, Jr., Senior Pastor of Trinity United Church of Christ. Did you know that more than half of all the new HIV-AIDS cases reported are among African Americans? Our men, our women, and our children are at risk. We must put aside our fears, exercise our faith, and put an end to this deadly disease. Encourage testing. Learn more about HIV and AIDS. For testing locations, contact the CDC National STD and AIDS hotline at 1-800-342-AIDS. We're back with the Abundant Solutions Hour, and tonight's topic is what's wrong with our society? You know, Greg, our last commercial, ironically, is part of what I want to talk about in this last segment. Okay. You know, um, HIV and AIDS, especially in the African-American community, has literally been running rampant for years, and it seems as though our numbers... Uh, among African Americans have been increasing while the numbers among other ethnic groups and also um, Caucasian, whites, and other nationalities are declining. Now, I know those those numbers are actually based on the reported cases, but still it's alarming when you look at the statistics that show that you know, one in 46 or one in 47 in the state of Florida, I think it's one in 46 now, uh, among African Americans are infected. And we make up less than 25% of the population in Florida, but there's one in 46, you know, as opposed to, I believe it's one in 300 and 
83 uh, whites and one in 267 Hispanic. And when, I mean, when you look at those numbers, that's just those are unacceptable numbers for anyone. I mean, even the one in 380 is unacceptable. You know, but when you think about, it, you know, 46 people. <laughs> Yes. You know, you know forty you know more than forty six people and to think that it could be a, a strong possibility that one of those forty six people has AIDS. You know what, I think the solution that will help us with that, Brian, I really believe a lot of us need to get in the game. Mm-hmm. We need to get in the game and try to do something or say something or go somewhere, speak to someone. Because I really do believe, Brian, that will blow and change the minds of so many people that are looking at this situation, this bad situation, this bad thing that's happening. And yes. You, there's no way that you could sit there and see it and not say something to try to motivate or not or or tell someone don't go out and do this particular thing. Because you could end up like this. Yes. So many of us don't take it serious. We see it on television. We we hear about it in the news, but we never take it to the point where, you know what, that could happen to me. And, you know, Greg, it's funny you would say that because they have all these different campaigns that go on. They have the um, the different awareness days, and we have one coming up. Actually, uh, next week we have the National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day. That's coming up, and there's a lot of things being hosted in um, in our hometown, Tallahassee, Leon County. And one of them is actually the Sometimes I Cry, one woman show, and our featured guest that will be here will be Cheryl Lee Ralph. And we're actually going to have her on the show next week to talk about, you know, some of the things she does as a national spokesperson for the National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day. And... You know, she is an awesome woman. She's a very accomplished entertainer, and she's going to be a wonderful treat for everyone. So make sure you listen to us on Wednesday. But, um, you know, one of the things that I think, Greg, you're absolutely right, we got to get the word out. Education is so important. Education is the key to eradicate this disease. You know, once you're fully educated and you understand how you get it, how not to get it, you know, what it does to your body, you know, and why it's so important to, you know, protect yourself, be careful, you know, get tested. That's probably the most important thing to do. Get tested. Know your status. And, Brian, one sad thing, I'll say this. We see so much crazy stuff that's going on. We see so many mentally challenged people that we thought were sane. We thought that they had it together. And the mm-hmm. next thing you know, they're out there doing crazy things. Yeah. I think, and I know, Brian, that some people are told that they have this disease, this HIV or this AIDS, that when they have that, so many of these people are so angry and upset that, Brian, they will go out and they'll sleep with someone and they're not protected, and they're doing this to give it to someone else. Because yeah. if I go down, I'm not going down by myself. Yeah, you know, and 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 sadly, there's a lot of people doing that, and it's just it's just a horrible thing to do, you know. But we have to educate folks, you know. I, I mean, and there's a whole bunch of things we need to be educated about. Health-wise, and you know we're going to talk about that on Wednesday, on Monday. You know, Monday's show is going to be about health. We want to talk about health issues and how we get ourselves healthy. You know, but you know, this society we have to do a lot of. We 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 need some education going on. We need to get more of the important stuff in our children. You know. It's wonderful to learn how to read and learn how to write and learn how to do math and learn how to get on a computer, but it's more important to learn how to 
use that knowledge to make people better. I agree. I think we need to look at the definition of the word educate. I'm sure you probably figured mm-hmm. out that I was going to say something about that word. <laughs> of course. Educate. Educate. What does it mean? It the means... word educate means to extract or pull from within. Mm-hmm. To extract, to pull from within. See, we know right from wrong. We already know that. Answer and the solution to these problems are within all of us. A lot of it has to do with our selfish acts because mm-hmm. we want this, we want to feel a certain way, we want it's I, 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 we, 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 we just want to do this and this is the thing we want to do. But there's a price for that ugly thing that you're doing. It may, it may give you pleasure. It may have a grip or a hold on it that you can't shake or break. But you're educated enough to know better. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't throw that word around. So educate. I don't just throw that word around. Because there's an alarm, Brian, in all of us that says, what you're about to do is wrong. If you want to override what I say, you have that choice to do that. But there's a price to pay behind it. Are you ready to cash that check in? Because there's an effect to the things that you do that are not right. There's a consequence. There are consequences, Brian, when we do these things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. We need to listen to that inner us that says, don't do that. And I guarantee you, Brian, before anything that you've ever done that was wrong, you knew that it was wrong before you did it. Something said, Brian, don't you do it? Don't do it. Don't do it. That's wrong. You you have to override it. Yes, you have to override it and do it on your own. The things that we know that we shouldn't do are the things that we do. And the things that we know, that we know, Brian, that we should do, we don't. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with what do you believe. Yes, yeah. And, again, of course, these are our opinions, and this is how we feel about the situation. You know, but we'd love to hear about what other folks think is wrong with our society. So if you have, you know, a comment about the show, we have about two minutes late, I mean two minutes remaining in our show tonight, send us an email. You can email me, Brian, at info at mindalteringstrategies.com. And you can email Greg at Gregory Turner at AbundantSolutionEnterprises.com. I know we have some long emails. Everybody does. <laughs> but uh, you know, I just want to say we have about a minute left, Greg. Yes. We can fix what's wrong with society. Can. We can fix it. It all boils down to what you believe. It all boils down to what you believe. I think, we, Brian, I think we need to look at ourselves. Look in the mirror. That's the solution. Have it. We've just been ignoring it. A lot of times we're afraid to step up to it and conquer our giants. But we have that authority. We have that power. We know that we have it. Once we're able to activate that thing that's in us that will make us do the right thing, oh, boy, talking about power and a good feeling. Talking about a good feeling. Yes. What's wrong with our society, Brian? Whatever it is, we can fix it. We can fix it. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. 
We thank you. We hope you join us again on Monday evening where we will talk about our health. We thank you, and God bless. Good evening. Blog Talk Radio.